Welcome to the I Heart Chocolate Podcast, a place where chasing dreams and chocolate is celebrated, where it's okay to take the abnormal path and pursue your true happiness. My name is Tina Cudinia, chocolate business mentor, award-winning chocolatier, mama to a little one, and wifey to one seriously handsome Portuguese stud, fellow chocolatier pastry chef, Bruno Cudinia. I am all about doing the dang thing and doing it well. With 15 plus years of chocolate experience under my belt, I've worked in every chocolate scenario from massive factory to upscale boutique to wholesale to chocolate school to luxury hotels to having a side business to taking the business full time. Whew! Today, I get to help other chocolatiers worldwide level up and absolutely crush it on their chocolate goals. Oh yeah, we are going to the top, my friends. So if you're looking to get inspired, have some more insight into chocolatier life, and learn a thing or two, you are in the right place. Thanks for coming with me on this journey, and without further ado, let's dive in. Hey y'all, what is up? Welcome to the I Heart Chocolate Podcast, the other side of chocolate where you talk all about business, the entrepreneurial journey, and giving you tips to help you build a chocolate business and a life that you love. My name is Tina Cudinia. Let's jump right in. Hey y'all, so today's podcast, I wanted to talk about some sales tips because as Best Dang Strategy has gone underway, I am so fired up about this group coaching program that I started because we're covering so many things and we're going so deep on individual businesses. We're going so deep on main core topics that people are struggling with. And the leading topics that have been coming up are sales, marketing, and product suite development, which are all so important because obviously if you don't have those things in place, then well, the rest of your business can't really, you know, make its way out. And so today there's so much to cover about in sales, but I wanted to give you guys five key tips that have helped me with Kudina Chocolate, that have helped mentees that I've coached, that are going to be helping way more people in the best dang strategy. And it's a little sneak peek, like it's a little tidbit of like what we cover in this program. Like I said, there's so many things that go on in sales, but I feel like these are some of the most common problems that chocolatiers face. So if you are a chocolatier who has your own business or thinking of starting your own business, pay attention to this side. I can't emphasize enough how the business side of chocolatiering gets neglected, like for whatever reason, because it's either seen as too complicated, you get overwhelmed by it, you feel like you don't have the time. I mean, you guys... Like, oh, you have to make the time for this. It's so, 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 so important. Anyways, uh, it's 10 o'clock at night and I'm recording a podcast. I have like, oh, like new energy. It's really weird. Never happens to me at nighttime, but I want to jump in. All right, you guys. So tip number one, the most common problem I have is people don't really understand that there's an actual approach to sales, right? So if you go into sales and you just think, oh, this is a way for me to make money off my chocolate, yes, that is technically true. However, you're kind of missing the point of all the bajillion possibilities that could happen if you approach sales from a different mindset. So make this shift. Instead of thinking, how can I sell this person on my chocolate? Think of how can I help this person make a decision about me or about my chocolate, right? Instead of, once again, instead of how can I get this person to buy my chocolate, how can I help, help slash serve slash give to this person to help them come to a decision about me and my chocolate? If you come from it from a place of service, naturally your approach will be different. Naturally, you'll start to think of the other person. You'll start to think of the customer versus if you came from it always from this place of 
I just want to fulfill me. I just want to make money for me. Then your energy in general and the tone of how you approach things in your content with people through customers on your newsletter, whatever the case, you're just going to have a different tonality to how you speak. And if you are someone who's just kind of in a space where you're sort of frantic and sort of attached to the money part of it so much, do some journaling and get to the deep root of why is that? Why are you so you know attached to that? Why are you so frantic about making the sale? Are you having financial trouble? Are you not thinking you know that this is going to work? Are you having these negative thoughts and these doubts that are clouding your judgment and clouding everything about your dream? Because more so or not, entrepreneurship is really like a personal journey. As you go through it and as you try to grow it, it's going to be like a mirror of everything else that's going on in your life. So you're going to experience, maybe I am feeling kind of like imposter syndrome. Maybe I think that the only way to sell is to just do it this way. Maybe I'm shy and I I don't know how to really be, you know, unsocially awkward or whatever. Maybe there's all these things that you have to work on for yourself in order to be a better salesperson. But my top tip would be is that if you're approaching sales, think of it instead of how can I be of service? You know, ask the question, ask, compliment someone, see how you can lead them to your products rather than try and just push it on them, if that makes any sense at all. The second thing that I want to talk about is this comes when you are reached out to by a potential client, normally a big client, corporate, someone who wants to put a big order before you reply, before you just send whatever type of message back. So this person is inquiring, saying that they want to order, you know, chocolate or they'd like more information from you before you just reply like this blatant generic outline of what you offer, I suggest slash I always do research the person, you know, look into if you can find information on the company that's reaching out to you. Why do you do that? Because every time that you interact with someone from the jump, from the jump, from the first impression, you give yourself the opportunity to stand out as a person who actually cares, right? And this sounds so freaking simple, but imagine getting a reply from someone where they then can turn it back and compliment you and ask a question about your business, can note that they love what you did last quarter for whatever company, charity thing, whatever the case. But if you just go into it, you know, person's interested in your chocolate. Oh, here's an outline of what we offer. Let me know if I can help you. You, you just didn't give any opportunity whatsoever for there to be a back and forth. And I'm telling you that the sooner, the, the sooner that you can start any sort of actual connection, actual relationship, it just makes the relationship so much smoother that as the process naturally goes, when the person's ready to order from you and cement the deal, they maybe will be willing to pay more or to order more, or they'll be more flexible with whatever, you know, whatever the case is, it just goes easier versus here's an email, here's an email back, here's an email, here's an email back. It's just very transactional, no thought put into it, no conversation, no rapport, no connection. What I'm trying to say is you will stand out if you make the connection. So make sure that you make the connection from the jump. And it's so easy, literally Google, Google, Google them, Google them, compliment them, say something that you notice about them and let that be it. 
The third thing I'll say, which a lot of people have trouble on, is when you do get to that point where you're having the sales conversation, and now it's basically the negotiation, if you will call that, and the person's telling you what they ask, what they need, and you are obviously going to reply back with what you can do. What I suggest is when it gets to that point, so now it's like they tell you everything that they can do, you know, what's the what's the cost, what's this, what's that? They're asking those types of questions. Have it clearly outlined. Have it set for yourself so that you have all the information put down. Because what happens is, is that if someone asks a question, they don't know your business. They don't know what you can do. They're inquiring, right? But if you're kind of bending over backwards saying, oh, I can custom this and oh, I can custom that and oh, that's going to cost this. Oh, that's going to cost that. But these are in separate interactions every single time. It's like a back and forth ping pong of like ask a question, answer, ask a question, answer. It becomes very confusing for the person and you're losing a lot of time because if you think about it, unless someone's really on their computer all the time and on it, the interaction could last, I don't know, it could go a day, two days, three days four days. You see what I'm saying? The longer that you're giving the gap from the time that the sales conversation starts, you want to seal the deal. You want to be able to give the people what they want. You want to be able to have it clearly outlined what you can do, what's expected, what's the process going to be like, what's the contract going to be, where are the terms, when you're going to be paid, if there's a deposit, when the deposit is due, when you'll deliver, if there's any whatever cost, what the total cost is going to be, right? You don't do it based on, oh, can you customize this? Okay, we can do this by this merge. Oh, but what about if we want these versions? Oh, then we can, you know, you should have it all set out. Like know what your offer is, have it laid out so that the person just has that to deal with. When you're approaching it from the sense of like, I will give all the options that you are asking me to. I mean, unless you really have the patience for it, you're giving way too much power to the customer when it should be you, the creator, because you're the one who has to, in the end, make the product, deal with the packaging, all these types of things. If they're asking for something that you cannot do, like legit, you cannot do it because it's too customized or it's too large a volume or whatever the case, be honest about that. Don't try and chase and hunt down a customer who it would be more a pain in your butt to come up with the terms to, to fulfill that order then then to, to then to bend yourself backwards to do it. I'll give you a really good example. So a couple of years back, a friend of mine, she's a chef, she's a executive pastry chef, was working in this other hotel and they needed chocolates. And she messaged me right away. She's like, we need, you know, I forget how much it was, but it was a huge order. She said they would need it constantly, you know, on the go, whatever. For me, when I heard it, I was thinking to myself, okay, this is going to ship out of state to a state that's kind of warm. I have to look at everything. So her being my friend, I said, I am going to do my due diligence. I'll get back to you as soon as I can. I did my due due diligence. Yes, the order, if that was a constant thing, would have been huge. However, for the space that I had, for the type of business that I had, for the time that I had, I was looking at all the costs on my end. I was looking at that would be a different packaging. That would be different boxes. That would mean larger you know, I'd have to figure out the shipping company to ship this large amount to you guys. Uh, the ice packs, the whole situation, I didn't have the space. I didn't have the time. I didn't have really the funds to invest into that. And I was thinking to myself, what am I trying to grow my business into? Am I trying to grow it into a business that supplies the corporate that way? Or am I trying to do, 
you know, a personal brand, like for customers who know Codina chocolate. And so I told her, unfortunately, I cannot fulfill that. It just doesn't make sense for me financially to continue with that order from one corporate client. And she understood, you know, I was very honest with her and I could refer her to someone else who was probably closer to that area to supply those chocolates. Do I see it as a loss? No, because in the end, again, I feel like you have to make the choice when it comes to sales. You know, you have a choice. You don't have to say yes to every single opportunity. You really have to decide for yourself, is this the right opportunity for my business and what I want? And when it comes to money and you might be thinking, oh, well, I need the money. I understand that as well. However, I think that if you're approaching it again from this mindset of like, this has to be the one. Well, I mean, no, it doesn't. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It really doesn't. It means that there could be other opportunities for other people, right? There could be other opportunities coming that you don't even know. Was was it nice to be in the mix and mentioned and asked to do a huge order like that? Absolutely. Of course, of course, 100%. But did I have to say yes to it? Absolutely not. So have it known what you can offer, what you can do, have it set. If you do go through with it, have it set so that there's not a constant back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. It's very clear. That side is very professional. You can continue the rapport and keep nice and deliver on what you say you can deliver and let that be it. The fourth thing that helps people in chocolate sales a lot, which people don't do enough, is the follow-up. The follow-up. Oh my goodness. If you are not following up with your customers, oh, you're just leaving money on the table. And I know some people might be thinking that's like impossible because I have so many customers. Well, if you have so many customers, that's a different issue. And there's a different way to follow up more to the masses. But if you're starting off and you're struggling with customers, you should definitely be freaking following up with every single customer. I literally did this with Kodina Chocolate with every single customer when we first started off. I literally text, emailed, contacted. I made as many points of interaction as possible in the beginning so people knew they were dealing directly with me, that I was taking care of them, that their chocolates were being shipped. When they arrived, I waited a few days. I asked them if everything arrived safely. I wanted to make sure that they enjoyed everything. What were their favorites? What could we improve upon? I made a mental note for myself for those customers who kept ordering the same thing. If ever this stuff was out of stock, then I would follow up and say, hey, just want to remind you that or let you know that the item that you love that's always been sold out, I know you've been trying to like get it, is back in stock. I want you to be the first to hear about it before it sells out again. Following up is thoughtfulness. Following up the right way is thoughtfulness. It's actually very kind to follow up because you're checking in on the other person. You know, it's small things, but like I relate back to if you're, if and girls know this, when you're driving late at night, you know, most girlfriends will be like, hey, let me know when you get home safe. It's a follow-up. You know, once you hang out or once you have your experience, whatever, like you're not anyone's responsibility, but it's just the extra act of thoughtfulness to let the person know that you care for them and you want to make sure that everything's okay. It's the same thing with chocolate. You want to make sure that they're enjoying the experience, that they're enjoying your chocolates. And if there was a hiccup, you can address it right there, you know? So following up is not bothersome. If you do it right, meaning you don't just follow up and ask for something, you're, you should really be following up to genuinely, authentically ask the person, once again, serve the person, how is their experience, it will become very thoughtful. You have a chance to nurture that relationship, to chat more, to get to know the person more, to have some small talk, to find out what they like, what they don't like, to see what their favorites are, you know, and keep that in mind. That's all information for you, my friend, for you as you grow your business and build it. Uh, the fifth thing, the last tip that I'll give you guys on 
sales is to be detached, be detached. And this one, oh man, this one is a hard one to learn because I get it, you know, as chocolatiers, you want to make money, you want to make as much money as possible. You see competition online doing things. It's hard not to feel a certain way. However, I think that's why we have to be very intentional, first of all, with what we're consuming online and what's your mindset when you're going into the online space or even in a physical space, like what's your mindset of other chocolatiers? I always say it, but like stay in your own lane. There's abundance. There's room for everyone to grow. There's enough for everybody. You don't need to freaking grasp onto every little thing and think it's like, oh, this is the thing, right? I'll give you an example. So last summer, just this past summer, me and Bruno were asked to be part of an advent calendar that was huge. Huge, 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 huge. Lots of like top chocolatiers were in this advent calendar. Unfortunately, it was during the time of Bruno's injury. It was during the time where we were thinking of moving. Everything was up in the air. I could not on good faith say yes to this opportunity because so much was unsure of in our future at that time. And so I had to turn the opportunity down, right? And me being me, I thought like, ah, nuts, like I lost my shot. But actually the people who were designing that advent calendar, they said, we loved your chocolates so much because they had bought from us to test this out. They said, we loved your guys so much. You're literally the top of our list for the next year, which is amazing. I mean, I'm not doing chocolate right now anymore, but the fact that they said that, I said, wow, there's like, again, there's always room for something else or something else down the line. Um, To not have this attachment to it, thinking like, oh, this is going to be the thing that makes our business, you know, you release the pressure a little bit. I'll share another example for you. So prior to Kudia and Chocolate, many of you know, I had a side chocolate business called The Chocolate Lady. This is the business that I had from culinary school throughout basically the first half of my career. And lots of cool stuff happened with The Chocolate Lady. And so I always felt like in my head, there'd be this magical moment where it would all change and I'd become known and the business would take off and all these things. So for me, this happened 11 years ago when I was invited to be part of an Oscars gifting suite party, which if you don't know, celebrities get free stuff all the time. And so there was this event where it was me and a handful of selected vendors. Celebrities would walk in, they'd receive goodie bags, and you basically were responsible for gifting like 400 goodie bags, plus having to display if you wanted to, you know, display your product. Me naturally being chocolate, I was making even excess chocolate to have samples for everybody. A lot of chocolate was made in a very short amount of time, all for free. I'm sorry, all for in exchange the promotion of having pictures with these celebrities. And honestly, this particular gifting suite was more like, B, C list celebrities. And I hate even saying it like that, but I mean, it wasn't like people, like big, 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 big people. Those people I recognize from some shows and some movies like that, but not like major, major, major people. But for whatever reason, prior to going into this event, I thought to myself, this is the Oscars. This is my chance. I'm going to stand out. I have to, you know? But I had so much attachment to this event. And then nothing really happened from it. I mean, there were certain things that happened, but it didn't pick up the way that I expected it to. And it was more a realization that part of that was because me on the back end didn't have my business put together for crap. Like it wasn't organized at all. It was just this hope, 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 building all this amazing product. I know how to do chocolate. This is going to be my big break. And then I'm going to figure it out when I get that big break happening. And then that didn't really go the way that I intended it to. Again, I didn't have a foundation. I didn't have funds to actually grow my business. I didn't have anything organized. I didn't have a business account. Like it was just 
all these things. Like it was just like a very eye-opening experience that, wow, you need to, first of all, not put so much pressure on this one thing, because even if there is huge things that happen, trust, once again, the art of detachment is trusting that, you know, what you want to call in is available to you and it's there. It's not like it's going to be one freaking chance and that's it. Like, yes, your life can change on one opportunity or one chance. That's true. Like that happens, but it's not one thing that's going to really, you know, it's like not one and done is what I'm trying to say. So be detached from the sale, have a detachment and know that you are not the sales that you make. I mean, I know like a lot of us define ourselves to our business and how much our business makes and we can feel a certain way if it makes more, we can feel a certain way if it makes less, but really trying to be detached from it and not let that affect your personal energy so that you can go on just doing what you're meant to do and be your best in your business rather than letting yourself, you know, flow or fluctuate based on how someone is reacting to you. For all you know, the timing wasn't right. The opportunity wasn't right. They needed to turn you down because, you know, a budget. You don't know. You have no idea. So being detached from the sale is a very hard lesson to learn. But I would say it's something that a lot of creatives, chocolatiers really need to understand is that if you're detached and go with the flow, then you're actually allowing more to come to you. Anyways, that's my quick rip on how to make sales easier for yourself in 2024 chocolatier. Like I said, if you want more of this, like seriously, like for real, because it's, it's like, I, I literally can't tell you like how good it is. Join the best dang strategy. We only just begun. So by the time you're hearing this, we're only two sessions in and it's a four month, it's a four month program. So if you want to join this cohort, there is room. I do feel that I could serve more. There is room. If you're like, eh, I need to think about it or it's busy still, I want to get things lined up. There is a wait list as well for when the next enrollment period will open, which won't be until May. I'm just saying that's a long time to let business and sales and disorganization to continue rather than jumping on right now. And if you've been in my world, you know I'm all about being in the energy of now, not making the excuses, paying attention to what's going on right here and doing everything we can right, right now, because the now is what matters the most. Anyways, I hope you guys are having a fabulous Friday. Subscribe, by the way. I feel like now that I've been putting stuff on YouTube also, I need to say that and I have not been saying that. Please subscribe to your girl's podcast and your girl's YouTube channel. I'm really going to be trying to put out more trainings, more video content on this platform. So stay tuned for that. Other than that, once again, thank you so, so much for listening and I will catch you on the next one. Ciao. And that is a wrap. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this podcast helpful and would be so kind, share the good news, let your chocolate friends know, post about it on social media, or simply leave a five-star review. Because honestly, if I can help others to do the dang thing too, that is just awesome sauce in my book. Oh yeah, by the way, I say things like awesome sauce. <laughs> Anyways, y'all, I'm going to close with my personal mantra for life. Remember, Chocolatier, I truly 100% believe it and I know it to be true. You are absolutely worthy of the life you dream. You just have to have the courage to keep pursuing it. Till next time, friends.